Shafi. Shafi, are you there? So that's why I learned how to train possums. Night has fallen once again over the hill country and the environs surrounding Austin, Texas, and over Austin, Texas itself. The sun has gone down. Well, you know how the rotation of the earth works. It is, it is a perfect, perfect night. A per the end of a perfect day. It was 70 degrees here in Austin, Texas. It was clear, it was sunny, and it's a perfect, just, just crisp evening here on the back porch at Matthew's house, where uh, we are excited to be bringing you episode 124 of One Magical Hour. Uh, we're excited to bring you some uh, some reviews, some avocado reviews, some discussions on the nature of things, of course, Poetry Corner, uh, and all the uh, good stuff that you know and love uh, that I do with, uh, with the man who has mandible, mandibles like the Predator. He is the... Uh, the children's folk rock king of Tarzana, California. He is a Montserrat mistaker and a Martinique mystiker. He is Matthew Rampy. A gathering of podcasters appeared on my iPad. They spoke to me like I'm a dope. And this is what they said. They said, podcast away, podcast away, podcast away with me, lads. Or just, we're the lads. It's just <laughs> us. I just I should say lad. The pod lads. I suppose. The it lad was a, Let me tell you, Shafee. It was a real toss-up between that and podcasting takes me away to where I've always heard it could be. And that, I only changed one word in that line. I went with sticks instead of Christopher Cross. I yeah. hope that's okay. Uh, no, I think that you chose exactly right. That, uh, yeah, that come sail away. Woo. You like that song? Great stuff. Reminds yeah. me of prog rock brain fog. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking when you first started singing, I thought it was a rush song. Mm. Um, and then I, you know, of course, then I realized I re once I heard a little more, I remember the first time I like discovered that song was, you know, it's, it's levels. Like at first it's like a sea shanty and then <laughs> the aliens, th then the, the angels turn into, oh no, th then it, first it's just a simple sea shanty. And then it's like a vision of angels. And then it turns into a space opera where the angels are aliens. Yeah. Yeah. And the and the uh, arrangement gets more and more magnifique. I uh, as it goes. I love the relationship between prog rock and aliens. And there was, you know, I, I never really thought about this, but the the Sammy Hagar years of Van Halen were kind of proggy. You know, they were synth heavy, hmm. and they had like weird references to aliens too. Uh, okay, okay, I'll buy that for a dollar. Like, there's that one song, "Love Comes Walking In." And I was like, I don't even know what that song's about, except that it's about love and it's about aliens. Oh. I think that maybe Sammy Hagar fell in love with an alien. Oh, was he abducted? It's like some kind of alien looks for the opening. Oh. He simply pulls a string. Love comes walking in. <laughs> oh. 
Um, maybe I, I, should... I didn't. I'm not familiar with that song. I love that first Van Hagar record, Fifty One Fifty. Yeah, has some real gems on it. I mean, real it, weird songs. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I know a lot of people will dismiss. In total, I don't dismiss Van the, Hagar. Uh, I en- I enjoyed Hager that, years, but I, I mean, I enjoyed that more than Sammy Hagar's solo career, for yeah. instance, <laughs> and maybe less than like original David Lee Roth Van Halen, so but say... but still, like there was some good stuff, and and that was like, of course, that was prime high school years for us. So, so I, I have you some can drive fifty five. <laughs> I might, I might, I might not. Yeah, I might. I probably go fifty three. I think that he was lying when he said he couldn't. Because even if you, because you, know, you drive sixty-five, you have to at some point drive fifty-five to get to sixty-five. No, I, no, I mean, so. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take it like it was a limiter on his ride. <laughs> well, episode one twenty-four. Holy shimoli! Can you believe that? Did I say that correctly, or didn't? Oh, that was right. Wow. Yeah. Episode one twenty-four. One magical hour. We've got, I feel like this is the first time in a little while that I prepared for the show. Maybe you prepared for the show. A little bit, yeah. I think you did more than me, Uh, but that's right. It just takes a little preparation. We both did some preparation, so that's cool. I think we're mainly only podcasting tonight because I wanted to have a drink. I feel like both of our energy levels are at a a good place now. I do, too. So that's nice. Yeah, you seem good. Uh. Maybe that's the the Thursday night versus the Tuesday night. I don't know. No, it, no, it's not any kind of Gregorian <laughs> calendar, no, weekly, man made kind of thing. There's it's, no algorithm. It, it ebbs and flows, and <laughs> yeah, I would hazard this guess, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. You can smite me in front of the listenership. I I feel like maybe I'm in a little more control of my energy cycles than you are that is 100%. because but, but mainly because you're you have the freedom uh, to have your schedule be whatever yeah are are you naturally a night person i oh, think i am yeah yeah you're not an owl not a lark yeah yeah which is not to say that but i don't hate mornings either i sometimes like to be awake early in the morning and enjoy that too yeah. i think really my thing about I, what I love about the night is you feel like you're getting away f- with something, you know, it feels like stolen time from the rest of the world, you know? Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it just feels like you can do anything. You can, you know, you can act however you want and, you know, you just kind of got a free pass. That's how it, it felt when I was super high living in San Francisco. Yeah. Deep in the night. That's, yeah, I bet. I bet. It was actually, and this is chronicled here before, but I'm such a lark that without the help of, the chemical stimulants, I never see them really very deep into the night at all. Yeah. Even when I was young, I just, I couldn't go late. And then, you know, I had at this time in my life where I'd kind of was able to flip it around a little bit. And I was like, whoa, all this stuff happens deep in the night. Uh, my whole life, like I can like accidentally stay up all night reading a book or something. You know, oh like, man, that's crazy. I, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Wow. I definitely like can just do that or not do that, you know, at the at the, at the blink of an eye, and and it's and it's fun. I think um, it's fun yes. till it's not fun. So, and yes, you're right. So my my schedule, I can often 
you know, and I can, or I can, you know, I can go into work, like say I got to do something, but there's almost nothing that I do that I can't push off to another time. So like, if I'm like really tired, then like on a Tuesday and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I know we got a podcast later. I'm going to go home and get some sleep. And then I'm like, kind of just waking up and then I have like, <laughs> you know, I can be grumpy at times. So yeah, really it's a total, it's roulette. You know, it's based like on what what yeah. you know what my energy level is going to be, what state, what my mental state is going to be. You're absolutely right. Today, I worked, I worked both lunch and happy hour at the bar, uh, so you know, saw a lot of beloved people, and you know that you kind of have to have your energy level up to do that. Or does it pump up your energy level? Sometimes, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad that we're both here with the level of energy exhibited. Um, and a beautiful night, too. That unbelievable helps. night. And I think this, I wanted to mention this. I don't think that we were clear about the conditions of the last podcast. It was cold. It was very, very cold. And, um, by any standards, you know, to be on a patio, yeah, it was like 36 or something at least. Yeah, it was cold. And, um, this is like a space station, like a holodeck, pull up a lovely evening, you know. Uh, so that's great. And this is something, but we'll see if that, if we'll see if that makes good audio, we will, we will probably find. (laughs) That freezing our buns off was, is maybe preferable because you can hear the pain. <laughs> I know for a fact that these times that I'm stoked and I'm ready to podcast are not as good as the times that I'm like, I'm going to do it. Maybe I'm a little irritated. Whatever. I'm just going to do it. That's better audio. Huh. The pain and, and sincerity in my voice is so much better than... This mask of joy. I wonder if I think that I'm different because I think when I'm in that condition, I just shut down and like, you don't, you just don't get as much talking out of me, you know? So I think. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. I think. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So I think it's probably better for me to just. Be in a good mood. And, it's you know. better for you to be in a good mood. And I can still if talk about... If you have to put the... If I we can, make <laughs> plans to do the podcast, and it comes to it, and you're not in a good mood, and you think you could do it another night, call me and let me know. But with as much lead time as possible, so that I don't start I drinking. Mean, sometimes you just got to do it. Main thing is that you... I I am totally... This is a little uh, update on the 10-year taper. Uh, still drinking less... Right now, I'm I'm only drinking when there's like a football game on. Of course, it's still the deep, deep in the pandemic. The uh, Omicron has us by the it's short dying. curlies. Yeah. And uh, so, again, I feel a little bit, you know, separated from social stuff. And and I, I have reinvented my relationship with alcohol where I really only want it to be social, like I I used to I used to drink alone all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you would I would hear people say, "Oh, well, just don't drink alone or whatever." And I was like, "I always drink alone." <laughs> you know, like but now I don't do that, which is great. But when I podcast, I want to have a little drink. So really, it's like podcasting and football right now is the only time. There was the holiday season, we went to some holiday parties and that sure. was great, but 
Yeah, I think, you know, just guys our age, like, we just have to drink less because we just, our bodies can't put up with the shit we used to do. Yeah. Them, right? yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. Nobody wants to hear about that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I was, I also wanted to celebrate with you that the Cowboys are in the playoffs. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about uh, th- this, this, um, Facebook memory popped up uh, from 10 years ago or from 2010 uh-huh. and it said my journey was long when I came upon the Oracle she found me she found my soul worthy she allowed me to ask my question I retorted without hesitation how about them cowboys <laughs> <laughs> Was that the last time? That'd be a good commercial, right? Like a a traveler comes to the Oracle (laughs) and they will ask you a question. How about them cowboys? You remember that old Snickers commercial that was in the, it was in the empty parking lot at like the Meadowlands and this Dallas fan is just like big old Michael Strahan. How about them cowboys? And he like comes across the parking lot and canes him. Oh, here's our. Here's our transit guy. What drive, time is it? Driving. He's a little early tonight. A little early tonight. Yeah, a big fan. That truck on rails is a big fan of the show. I forgot about my plan to social engineer the Austin Transit. Did you, did you get the number? Get that guy's name. We'll put up a sign. <laughs> Call this number. We'll put up a QR code. You can stop and just scan it. <laughs> So, yeah. I didn't know until I was looking at the schedule this weekend that there are six wild card games now. Yeah, they they. I was like, they did something. They changed. They changed it up this year. You know, there was an extra. I know there's regular yeah, season there's an game. extra game. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And they'd expanded the, they'd, they'd uh, expanded yeah, the playoffs, they expanded the. I somehow missed right? that entirely. So it's pretty cool. Like I love wild card weekend, and now there's. It's they're calling six it super game, wild card six weekend. games and first Monday night playoff game ever. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. What games are you excited about? Excited about the Cowboys game. You know, yep. I'll be effectively Cow- Cowboys 49ers, the if, old rivalry. Effectively rooting for the Cowboys for the time being. Anyway, right. um, I'm excited about. Texans look kind of good at the end of the season. No, are you kidding? Yeah, the, uh, you they, know. they gave the um, Titans I mean, a uh, a little bit of a hassle. Any any NFL team, you know, can have its flashes of brilliance. That's that's possible, but no, they uh, that's a that's a franchise in shambles right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to get I don't want to get off the podcast and just start talking about. Join Join us for our sports podcast that will be. Um, producing soon. What would that be called? Um, I hadn't really workshopped that yet. Mm. Um, how about one magical yard? <laughs> um, uh, sure, Alex, sure. Uh, uh, executive producer Emeritus Ox Battles did uh, did actually ask if we could just do it, if we would just do a straight up playoff football episode. And I was like, oh, like, that'd be fun for you and me and Alex, wouldn't it? But not <laughs> for you, <laughs> me and Matthew. But <laughs> I don't know about the rest of her. Is he suggesting things. we like 
just chop it up about the playoffs? You said you said do like a game by game breakdown of all of the upcoming playoff games. So I was like, oh, you know, okay. <laughs> Then like, maybe then maybe we can give it a couple minutes here yeah. in lieu of that. What uh, else? What else were you looking at that was exciting? I'm just thinking like uh, who Brian thinking of the, the listeners who might actually just turn this off right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quickly, uh, I think Bengals Raiders could be a good game. Is that the Monday night game? No, the Monday night game is Rams and Cards. Should be a good one. Yeah. I've been watching the Rams a lot I, this season. I like, I like the Rams. I, I like that I, Sean McVay. Wow, the Vegas gives the Rams four. I would say that the Cardinals. I, I would bet on the Cardinals in that. Uh, well, in cards that looks, Cards look. I didn't watch them this last week, but boy, they look hot against uh, Dallas. Chiefs are giving the Steelers twelve and a half points. That's a huge spread for playoff. Did you hear game. what Roethlisberger said? No, he said something to the effect of. Hey, we're big underdogs, and this is a big mountain to climb, so let's go have fun. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that's one way to look at it, sure. Uh, Buccaneers, eight and a half over the Eagles. That's another big spread. I would bet heavily on the Buccaneers. you got to bet on the Bucs there. Even at eight, eight and a half. Uh, Bills by four over the Patriots. Now, these are interesting to me. These, yeah, I have, these I'm, I'm, I'm first round playoffs that are in division games. Yeah. You know? Patriots and Bills have already played each other yeah. twice, so. Well, and the, the Cowboys might face the Cardinals. Well, I, I, the Cowboys face both the Rams and the Cardinals. But wait, but isn't that, isn't that naturally how it would be? Oh, no. No, you're right. You're right, because if you're playing somebody that's out of your division, that's you might not have them on your schedule. Yeah. The Cowboys already beat the Rams. Uh-huh. But I don't think the Cards won them again, because... The Cowboys can be a handful. Anyway, come yeah. on. let's. We're podcasting here. What are we doing? I think that the Cowboys can be the new league. I'll tell you that. Thank you for that. And we'll see. I, I'm thinking pinche puro Super Bowl, but, you know, that's just me. Cowboys fan. That would be super exciting. Somebody from Louisiana was explaining to me that, you know, uh, growing up a Saints fan, you go and just – hope you get a win right <laughs> and then oh i know who it is it's it's my brother-in-law's bride-to-be's father they came over for thanksgiving and they live in dallas now and he goes man and then i move over to dallas and like it doesn't matter what's going on with the season everybody's like you know we go into the super bowl <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know there's a lot of yeah, and anything less than Super Bowl is a huge disappointment. A lot of yeah. confidence for not much over the last few years. But anyway, that ends the sports portion of one magical hour. I wish I had that one magical seven or eight minutes back, right? <laughs> Sorry about that, Brian. Sorry about that. Hey, Shafee. Miss Ferguson. How's 20 somethings going? You still watching that? Uh, yeah, I was going to. That, man. I caught a little bit of the first episode. Oh they, they they did it as well as the real the first season of the Real World. At first, I thought that that was true. Oh, but it goes off the rails. It oh my god the I, I so I watched it through to the end, and the end they just like they created a fake scenario at the end ah. that is just it's so clearly fake. Mm. They faked like the guy driving away and then coming back to the girl. 
Okay. And like, there's like, you're like, no, that's not what would happen. Like, if he really was driving away, he would have taken her to the airport. Like, there's like huge holes in like why they would, there's like no way they would do it that way. Uh, and it doesn't make sense. So it's like, and I, granted, I know that it's all produced. I know that's how it works. But this, like, was, it seemed thrown together and just, like, it was poorly acted even. Like, they they were clearly not doing anything that was surprising either of these actors, actors at all. It, but isn't this, <laughs> isn't this what we've talked about before, how difficult it is to wrap up a story? Sure. Like, as yeah. a novelist. No, yeah. You're in control of all the elements of the story. In this, you're just, like... Taking these elements that you think will be dynamite and putting them together, and you don't know where it's – it's like a choose-your-own-adventure for the producers, and, and then at the end, they got to tie it up, these right? These kids did have a nice little relationship, and but that was enough. Don't tell me who it is. They I want to see uh, it lost on myself. I'll go ahead and watch did. it. All right. Yeah. I watched half the first episode. And I, I, thought, excited. Okay. I loved I loved all the kids that they chose, and, uh, you know, it yeah. – I love. I'll put it this way: it reminds, I, was, I was never bored. So it reminds me of when I was that age, and the world was full of wonder and yeah. possibility. And these kids come to Austin, and I, I also have this Austin pride, where it's I think it's great that, that this is a place that people feel that that vibe and that yeah. buzz. And they, and, I feel like they caught kind of some of the feelings of some of the Austin vibe too. You know, like the having you know feet is out back on the patio and stuff. Uh, at one point, they make breakfast tacos. I really enjoyed that. Uh, but I, so I'm glad to hear that you're going to watch the end. So I'm Get, really curious well, to hear. I, we'll see. I got a lot on my plate yeah. in terms of of watching. But but maybe but maybe maybe I'll. I, I, I enjoyed the first part of the of the first episode. <laughs> okay. um, give uh, us a give us a give us the bottom line here. How many avocados for the first season of this Netflix nonsense? See, like before something. I would say two, three quarters of the way through the season, I probably would have told you like maybe six avocados. But <laughs> as of the last episode, it was like, oh, like, like oh, it knocked dropped. it down to me. Uh-huh. And I was like, why did I do that? <laughs> why did, why did I get that time? time? <laughs> okay. Okay, well, maybe I should just uh, just listen to your review, no, and I got to. No, taste I want to hear what you say. I want to like. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to watch Foundation. Yeah, Foundation's a little too much for me, honestly. It's intense. I don't always know what's going on in that show. It's a lot. Well, it's a, that's a massive thing. Yeah, and I is that and Isaac I, Asimov? And there's no short movie that I don't doze off in a little bit when I'm watching it now. So <laughs> there's a lot going on. That's, I, I thought you would dig that because that is it. That's in the vein of C, which you had. Yeah. No, I love the sci-fi, and uh, you know, um, uh, and also I, those Apple TV shows are good. Yeah, the, it's very well produced. It's very and like the, the that that book is a sprawling, intense, yeah. hard to follow book. So trying to that's what trying to make that's a, what Ben Bay's the Werepossum mini series or a. Truly, like you're, you're really starting, you know, you're starting behind the eight ball on that, and so uh, the, the fact that they were even mildly successful uh, is very impressive. But um, 
Also, like, I'm not always the smartest when it comes to, like, complicated, twisty plots. I know that's weird because I'm, I might, you know, seem like I generally know what's going on. But <laughs> sometimes, yeah, like... I, think, I can confirm that. I think maybe, like, I, I, I do get very much tied up and very invested in it. And I might not always, like, I might, I think I'm looking at it from the character's views. And I'm not always able to see the whole... The whole picture, you know, just because I really get that that tied up in it, that invested in it. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, I'll often be confused. Be like, why did that? And this is a movie where you're all you're like, wait, what? That was oh, I see. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. oh, okay, we're three generations. It's just of- a, it's a massive story <laughs> that they're trying to tell. Also, I don't find. Did you I, watch the whole thing? Uh. I have not seen it all yet. I no. think I'm like six. I think I'm like on the sixth episode. I know that you're not supposed to like dawn, day, and dusk, or whatever. Empire. Empire, yeah. But like, I find them like aesthetically unappealing. To where I really don't like all of the sections of them. Like, I really don't like them. Like, I want to tune them out. Mm. You know. Okay. And I find them like find them kind of slow too. I find them terrifying. Really? Yeah. Uh, and compelling. And then especially because they're... It's mind-bending that they are a genetic copy of one another. And then there's that whole part where... Dusk sees the new day before it's born. And that's kind of verboten. And yeah, it screws with his head. Yeah. There's there's so many like psychological aspects of it that I, I, I'm enjoying it. I, uh, uh, it's good. I, I, no started, I started it's good. it and then I had just looked at other things and then Minnie started talking about it and I went back to it and I was like, oh yeah. And like, like I said, just the fact that they made a watchable TV series Very out of fact. Asimov's books, is, yeah. that's astounding, you know. That right. is a huge triumph right alone. Amazing concepts, yeah. obviously. But let's take it from the, was that, was that high concept? <laughs> To um, is this? Is, I I want to say low concept, but I don't think that's fair. Um, but it is Disney. I want to I want to talk about this new Disney film, Encanto. Encanto. Yeah. Excellent film. Yeah. For and sure. like you said, the music is awesome, spot on, and really the. The plot is very bare bones. Did actually. we already? Did I already talk about it? You, I think did I maybe, allude to it? Maybe in the we last talked episode? about it off, off, off air. Oh, I can. But we, you know, the last time I led with Frozen, and you said you'd never seen Frozen. Yeah. And then, and I'd re- I'd said, hey, it's yeah, my you, homework. Is Frozen? I said, and Frozen I said you need too, to see yeah. that. And and then I sort of questioned whether me recommending <laughs> Disney princess movies to you <laughs> is the right move. <laughs> But I guess there's no right or wrong. Like I like Disney but they, movies. But, but then, no then I watch a new one and I'm like, oh, it's really, it's it's amazing. Like, okay, so Encanto pushes forward into this. Disney's been doing this for years. It's like exploring a different culture, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it was a really unconventional fairy tale. I'm going to break the news here. First time you've heard this, you heard it on WOMH first. 
Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's a talented guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. So Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the songs for Encanto. And I, I read that he wrote them in Spanish and then had them translated into English. So that it wasn't the other way around, which is how it usually is. Interesting. And um, I, I, I want to bring up this article that I read recently. Okay. From Vox. The t- the title of the article is "Why So Much Obama Era Pop Culture Feels So Cringe Now." Hmm. By Constance Grady. Constance, this is a thought provoking article. I'm not sure that I agree with you on all all of these topics, but and it's it's a long article about how pop culture has changed in four years or five years. Like uh, Hamilton came out in 2015, you know, and has been the bell of the ball for a long time. Let me say this: I didn't see Hamilton until of uh, the pandemic has me all messed up. I guess 20, the summer of 2020. Yeah, when it came out. Of, when it came out on Disney Plus. That's when, when I, first I saw it. Th- this posits that um, Hamilton has become uncool because, in the lens that we're looking at the world now, it was it wasn't cool to really glorify the lives of our slave owning forefathers, even though the cast were people of color. You know. And it was kind of the story was reimagined with like a rap sensibility or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this article also focuses on uh, Hamilton, Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. and Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> and how those have sort of fallen out of fashion. I'm I'm shocked to hear about Hamilton because I really thought Hamilton was still going strong in the culture. Yeah, I thought so too. Um so I that I don't know if I and agree I, with it. And then know, she goes into a lot also about I can tell you straight up, Parks and Rec is still going strong in my heart. Right. And <laughs> and and there's all these um I haven't watched Parks and Rec. Oh, it's, there there are all these um uh e- e- equations. She she in this article she talks a lot about Hillary Clinton and uh, who's the main character? Nope. Leslie Nope. Yeah. Leslie Nope. Yeah. And and then how we've changed as a culture, um, our or our cultural understanding of Hillary Clinton has changed from our our current perspective. Um, I mean, what is your perspective on Hillary Clinton? Like, I feel like Hillary Clinton Clinton losing to Donald Trump showed me. Just how, how, just how, uh, uh, what do you call hating women? Misogynistic. Our, most of our, most of our, our country is like, and not just the guys, but right. the women yeah, right. too, yeah, right. you know, yeah. like that For really sure. upset me. <laughs> yeah. And, but that didn't make me not love Lizzie. I love Lizzie. No, I love her for her hope. I love her for her devotion to her friends and to her town and to her parks. And uh, you're never going to take that from me, no matter what your what vo- any Vox think piece says. I'm gonna. I- I'll text you this link. I'd like for you to read this article. I didn't. 
I also, I am curious to, uh, I also totally, um, I didn't mean for that to derail our discussion of Encanto. Yeah. I love Lin Manuel Miranda. I, I love the aesthetic of, of Hamilton. Um, I was interested by and then, just how and then, simple the story of Encanto is. Okay, so let's talk about the story of Encanto because I, I find it compelling, but there's this there's this part of it that I don't understand, and it is it holds complexities that make it not like fairy tales of the past. The it's told from the point of view of Mirabelle, mm-hmm. who is of the family Madrigal. The matriarch of the family Madrigal, Abuela. Um, let me let me just let me just say the characters here. Uh, Alma Madrigal. Um, she. Uh, it, the story stems from her escaping an armed conflict and losing her husband and having her her three children. Or are, are they triplets? Um, it's Peppa, it's Peppa, Julieta, and Bruno. Anyway, everybody in the family Madrigal is like magical and they have a special gift and Mirabelle for some reason does not. Right. And I love, I love the songs. I love the exposition. The first song that tells who everybody is and what's the coup. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite song is Luisa's song, the strong sister. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable! Very, very Miranda song, um, and then the mystery of the brother Bruno, and that he sees the future, and the really uh, the number one streamed song so far is the "We Don't Talk About Bruno." No, no, no. <laughs> um, but there's there's this one part of the plot I don't really understand. It's like Mirabelle. Di- spoilers ahead. Mirabelle didn't ha- get her gift. Mm-hmm. And when the family is in crisis, she is able to reunify the family and the casita falls and they rebuild the casita. And at the end, she, she opens the door and, but it's still unclear. Like what is her gift? Her gift is that of reunification. And then there's this weird scene where she sits with Abuela and talks like she helps Abuela see that that it, the family is not it's not the gift that's important it's the person i don't know man that like yeah i've watched it. i've actually watched it twice now and i still don't exactly get I think you have to the message take it metaphorically you know in every family there's a pretty one and there's a sporty one and then there's the one who doesn't necessarily fit in quite right um and and the like the message the, the show is like every one of those people are are equally important you know just because you're the right. you know okay and and really and you know I and I and then I took away definitely like I'm, just I'm daft because I'm the sporty with the one. metaphor of the house falling apart and being put back together again it's just like uh, the most important thing is to to have each other I and see. to have you know right. and to have all that love keeping everything mm. keeping everything together no matter what happens so. Okay. Yeah, it's a super simple, um, but but still with lots of mystery and lot you know and like lots of weirdness where you know the Bruno character is weird and that that was really cool like that the way they kind of indicated that 
having being able to see the future is also to like get yourself alienated pretty quick. People don't want to know, right? You know, and they will kick you out, and you will have to live like a weirdo up in a up in the uh, and run around in the walls. Bruno is definitely the character that I relate with most. I was also wondering how much, and I can't remember because it's been twenty five years now since I read Hundred Years of Solitude, but I think that that was a big inspiration on Encanto, the Gabriel right? Garcia Marquez novel. Okay. I like and just like the first twenty minutes or so, I thought I, I was like, uh this reminds me of of Hundred Years of Solitude. Great. I think great I book. read the first twenty pages of yeah. Hundred Years of Solitude. You should give it another shot. That is I, I, one of my all time okay. favorite books. Okay. I have always regarded it highly in my mind. An amazing, expansive and magical book. Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Yeah. Is that magical realism? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I love magical realism. And that's like all of the... Well, so the Encanto is also sort of magical Very much, realism. yeah. Definitely. Ah, ah, yes. Man, you learn a lot on your own podcast. <laughs> that's, the, that's when the most exciting things happen. When we're, when we're realizing things that maybe we knew, but didn't know we knew. Uh, and then I caught... So the kids were... Uh, being put to bed after we watched the end, we had, we watched the content in two parts. Oh wait, real quick. Avocado, rev- avocado on Encanto. Yes, yeah, seven and a half, eight. You know, sure. I'm happy sure. to give it. So I'll give it a seven and a half because of that one plot point that okay. I was like. I'll give it eight. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You heard it here, folks. Particularly if you just take that that music, it's that music is definitely an eight. Oh, Can I? My daughter's already memorized Rolls. a couple of songs. Unbelievable. Uh, so that was on, and they, uh, Dick and Kathleen went to put Dottie and Shafee to bed, so I was alone, and it just, you know, did that streaming thing where, like, the next thing popped up, and the next thing was Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh. Have you seen this one? Yeah. It's, uh, like, the best kung fu movie <laughs> ever. I just watched a little of it, but it was really cool, and it's, like, got a cool, like, post-apocalyptic thing where she's like riding around on an armadillo which is awesome and and it has a great message about division and reunification oh yeah does it yeah i'll have to finish it okay but but the fighting scenes yeah the kung fu scenes in that thing it's really really a neat looking movie yeah yeah it is amazing what's going on with movies and entertainment these days and there's so much good content good stuff yeah and you try to cut, show your kids something from the 80s, and they're like, this is garbage. <laughs> I, I, I was so excited to watch Star Wars with my kids, and they were kind of nonplussed. Maybe they were too young. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the original to... Star Wars, and then... And then they sh- and then we got went on to the prequels. Like, we watched, we started watching Phantom Menace, and... It, well, those are just terrible movies like, anyway. Yeah. They're, they're not great. <laughs> But if you're a Star Wars fan, you, you want to watch those too. I like guess. It, I don't know. It tells the story of Darth Vader from All a kid, right. dude. Yeah, sure. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what? I watched the first two episodes of that's super fun is The Book of Bubba Fett. Oh, I've seen the first one. Yeah. Super fun. Unbelievable. I'm really excited. The first to... one was directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. I can't believe, like, John Favreau writes all of those. Like, it's crazy, man. He like creates those and then writes the episodes. And... He writes the episodes. Yeah, that guy is. Does that make him the showrunner? What's or that? Is I... he's, they're just a producer. 
Yeah, he's definitely a producer, creator. Yeah, I don't know. Um, um, but he seems to be a really hard worker and a very creative person. And he's taking these, like, he understands what's good about the Star Wars universe. And he's not, you know, he's telling stories and not getting bogged down. And I, I, I guess I just always thought Boba Fett perished in the Sarlacc pit, you know. Yeah, that's. But then you saw <laughs> it. But the, the opening of that is so gnarly. It's unbelievable. Like, I was actually. I am a very. I have a very strong stomach. Yeah, it, was, it just takes a lot to gross me out. But I was eating while I was having. It. I was like, oh, I gotta like, like put my sandwich down. Like <laughs> I was like, yeah, that is gnarly. Do you remember when uh, John Favreau was dating Rachel on Friends? And he was like a super successful guy, and he yeah he was he decided like to, he decided to do MMA. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to join the UFC. <laughs> I'm uh, glad I could remind you of that. That was. <laughs> um, just turning back to the show sheet briefly. Yes. Um, we did. Did we talk about this? Was there a Matthew? Have you ever wondered that you were putting off till next time? You said no. I think we did cover it. that. Was Parson no. Brown? Or oh yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well then, this has really been an arts and entertainment episode. We have yeah, talked about a cool. lot of entertainment. But... Got caught up on all the streamers. <laughs> did you have you heard of anybody talked about Yellow Jackets with you? No. Yellow Jackets is really fun. It's uh these New Jersey soccer girls whose plane goes down in like the Canadian wilderness and they have to do this like whole, you know, Lord of the Flies thing. But then it's so so that happened in nineteen ninety five and then so half the it goes back between them being, you know, out there, you know, desperate to survive and then the survivors today like dealing with the memories of it oh and the survivors today are all played by like 90s like uh, christina ricci oh. and juliette lewis oh, wow. and then the soundtrack is all like 90s like riot girl music it's really fun pj harvey and uh courtney love and all that stuff so uh okay it's pretty fun that's on the, that's on the stream pretty service. dark yeah. yeah okay i forget which one but it's one of the one of the streamers. Well, then another one that I wanted to talk about was Don't Look Up. Yeah. You saw that. Yeah. My brother and I were both like, uh, you know. What'd you think? The satire, we felt like the satire was a little ham-fisted. It's really funny. Actually, first of all, I didn't know that it was social satire. I saw, I just saw, you know, oh, there's a new sci-fi asteroid movie with Leonard Leonardo and all these people I'm like oh this is so you know, you know I love all kind of sci-fi particularly apocalyptic sci-fi I'm so excited for this right like I didn't know anything about the show before before I started watching it yeah. and so I had to like kind of slowly pick up oh this is social satire uh and They're, what did it for me was when the weird scene where the the guy from the Pentagon steal like charges them for their lunch and it turns out that he had got it for free that's what I was like Something's going on here that's not just asteroid apocalypse movie. Yeah. 
And then, of course, it goes bananas from there. It's very, like, my brother and I both were kind of like, all right, you're being really ham-fisted with this satire, you know? Like, it's a little heavy-handed. Uh, but, um, but I stayed with it because there's some great acting. Some really great acting. Timothy Chalamet in that movie is a riot. He's good. Leonardo's good. Yeah. And Leonardo he, he, might be a little over the top. These, with his these days, I find he's always good. But it, yeah, he was good. And of course, uh, J Law, uh, Jennifer Lawrence is oh, she's awesome. the bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Even though she was in that movie, Kate Blanchett. Wow, Kate Blanchett um, was incredible. Yeah, so good. Meryl Streep was fun. Yeah, I forgot about Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, you know, big cast. Jonah Hill was hilarious. Jonah Hill was Donald Trump Jr. So that was hilarious. DJ TJ. Yeah. <laughs> but uh so but it doesn't matter anytime it's an asteroid movie, I have to watch to the end because yeah. it has to end somehow. How's that gonna right? end? Right? Yeah. Either with the asteroid hitting and how are they gonna handle that? Or the uh, or you know, maybe they do split it up and maybe half of it hits, and then somebody's gonna try to escape on a you know, on a spaceship and who knows. And so I watched the end, and really, I was glad I did because I thought they handled the end very well. And uh, I don't I, know how I, much we I, should spoil here. I watched the end to a point. I hear that there's more at the end that I I didn't. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a really funny end to the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And but I thought the way they handled, you know, I thought the end was handled really well too. Like and, the, and, and it was very sweet. The sad and, part of the end they handled very well. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Timothy Chalamet like comes up big in that great, too. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> it was unlike so Encanto, we won't spoil all that because like, you might watch it, and it is. I, I I think that it's worth a watch. I heard him talking about it on TBTL. Yeah, and, and I agree. I don't know what he says, and like even my brother, who is you know, he was very resistant too. He's like, all right, don't bang our heads. You know, we know we get it. Climate change, right? Whatever. You know, let's not have it's another. A big, you know, like, uh, it's a big, like personal project for Leo. Yeah. He, he, oh, is that right? Oh yeah. He he's spoken in front of the UN. Oh, I show. know. He's yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. a lot of that he, stuff. Yeah. He, he's he's on the front lines, and I I, I, I think is. it's I I I don't know this, but I he was probably part of the <clears throat> impetus, and I definitely felt like his performance was guided by true um i mean i don't i don't think it's a spoiler to say that in the movie there's a comet that's gonna uh, possibly hit the earth and there's a huge portion of society who believes the scientists and there's a huge portion of society (laughs) who doesn't doesn't and thinks that uh, well and you know there is this aspect of it where the powers that be pit us against one another also like don't look up Lock her up like the oh, oh right, so, oh like, right. Oh, right. The parallels are really Just funny. Look up versus the, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Funny. It was good. Timothy uh, Chalamet between that movie, but and I still only give it like five avocados. Chalamet's performance in, performance in Dune, like he's become like my favorite actor these days. I didn't see Dune. I enjoyed his Saturday Night Live host. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. Did I see that? Yeah, it's good. It's worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so excited. I, I would say, honestly, I, just for the acting performances, I'd say I can't give 
don't look up less than six avocados. But okay, you know, I, like, and it's like you ask yourself, like, does the world really need to be reminded that there are idiots who don't believe in climate change anymore? And you're like, man, I, yes. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I no, I think it's a a good comparison. Quite honestly, it obviously climate change doesn't have the finality of a planet killer asteroid impact but um but the, and there was some strong you know covid parallels too yeah like, don't listen to your fauci um don't listen to your fauci <laughs> uh but you know it still feels to me it's just like the people talking in the bar it's like you're not going to convince the other guy you're not going to change his mind you are know? people talking in your bar or whatever, wherever it is, you know. Oh. Like, you know, you just want those you know, people like, God, you're not going to, no matter what you say to that, you know, that jackass, denier, birther, QAnon, fuckhead, you're not going to change his mind. He's just going to call you a, you know, a liberal, you know. Well, but, and then the, I mean, it's it's also the other way, right? I guess there's no. I, don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like there's no QAnon or that's going to really convince a rational-minded person. I don't know what that <laughs> that Hillary Clinton was using pizza places to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know traffic humans like or no. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It it's it was it was a little hyperbolic. The message of the movie for hyperbolic times, maybe. Yeah. So that's that's what Andrew said, right? He's like, no, this is a serious problem. And so being ham fisted, yeah, you gotta smash things over the you gotta smash it over their heads because these people are still not getting it. Yeah. You know? But like for me, it's like no matter what I, mean, I don't think the movie's gonna change anything, yeah. but it is enjoyable to it, it's enjoyable to like take this insane situation. And yeah. apply it to an even more insane situation. Yeah. And realize how it's not that far off. And, there, you know, there's some actual, like, funny things with the plot. Like the Timothy Chalamet character being a born-again punk, you know. There's some really funny choices they made as a piece of fiction yeah. that I really enjoyed, too. Um, you know. I think all the subplots were like that. Yeah. So, Yeah. Well, okay. I got onto the Six podcast. Half, maybe you got it. Yeah. <laughs> the avocados are going. Maybe up. you've convinced me. Yeah. Uh... Do you ever order that uh, that guacamole where they make it at your table? <laughs> do you ever do that? I always feel bad that somebody's having to make guacamole at the table. You know. Where do they even do that these days? Um. <sighs> Not places I get. What? <laughs> yeah, there was a. It. They do that at Casa Chapala. I don't know what that is. Um, that's up here um, on 183. It See. used to be. It used to be over on Anderson Lane. They do the. the I don't the smash to... it at smash it at your table. Is this still Guacam a, guacamole bowl makes me nervous. <laughs> um, one magical nation. The uh, the computer just went into hibernation. I, I was I used to always plug it in, and yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, right, we, we got, got enough. We got plenty of juice. We're doing We got good. enough battery for this. Just when the screen goes blank, I get yeah. a knee-jerk oh, reaction. Always mention it to me. 
Like if I'm yammering on about something, go ahead and interrupt if if the computer goes <laughs> the blank. The screen goes black. Uh, you must quit. Yeah. Trying to find a... Uh... You must a quit? <laughs> I won't quit. I'm not a quitter. Unless the glove fits. I think Dick, Dick just texted me. I think that this is a Timothy Chalamet line. Can I be vulnerable in your car? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, was, that is one. Oh, he just texted you that? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That was a good flick. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Oh, but I, you know, well, I can't, I I can't really talk about it if I don't talk about the end. In terms oh, of, yeah, it's tough. Let, let me just say this. <laughs> I have always had apocalyptic visions. Yeah? Yeah. I th- I think growing up in the Cold War. Oh, yeah. I, I know I've talked about this before. The, it's like the threat of nuclear annihilation loomed very large in my young mind, you know. I used to have this recurring dream that really the theme at the end was total thermonuclear annihilation, you know. And um it wasn't explicit, but it was like a missile silo at the end, you know, and this I can I can give you the dream real quick. Did you watch the movie The Day After at a Young Age? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have I we did. talked about this on the cast I did. Before? We have. We, we have. have. We have. Uh, anyway, I'm right there yeah, with that, you. That that'll get you. But this movie gave me a similar feeling, you know, about it's one thing to imagine death, which you can only imagine. You know, we we nobody can really tell you about it. But then death, death is simple in terms of like, things will go on. Your your children will go on, your loved ones. Even if you're alone, your cat will live, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. The idea of, of like everything you know being wiped off the face of the earth or whatever is, is, is sad in a different way, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. That film gave me a little feeling, a little reminder of that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, this podcast has turned into a (laughs) bummer. Let's let's wrap it up. You got a poem? I, uh, after, you know, after September 11th in New York City, I would have, you know. A similar feeling. Oh, no, yeah. And just, like, be riding my bicycle around New York at night and just be imagining, all right. If if we do come under attack, how do I escape the city? Yeah. How do I get back to the mainland? How do I get back to Texas? How do I find my family? Um, so all this talk has led me to think of this poem. Oh, you got a poem for this? Called. An apropos poem? An apropos poem. I'm wondering, but I don't want to read the whole thing. Well, why is it long? The podcast is long. You could just tack it on at the end. The addendum. Let's see here. People would say, is it actually an hour? And you go, well, you know, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. But lately, we have been right around an hour. In a way that when we were doing it more frequently, we weren't. 
When we're doing it more frequently, maybe it would be a little, it would be way less or way more sometimes. But we're just in a groove where it's just about an hour. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to read the first. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just vamping. The first stanza or so of this. Okay. That seems disappointing. I want to hear it. I want to hear it unabridged. Part one, the burial of the dead. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with dried tubers. Summer surprised us, coming over the Starnbergersy. With a shower of rain, we stopped in the colonnade and went on in sunlight into the Hof Garden and drank coffee and talked for an hour. Something in German. And when we were children, staying at the Archduke's, my cousin, my cousins, he took me out on a sled and I was frightened. He said, Marie, Marie, hold on tight. And down we went. In the mountains, there you feel free. I read much of the night and go south in the winter. Uh, that is the first uh, stanza or so of The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot. Oh. Okay. Uh, dedicated to Ezra Pound. Such a great, such a great poem. But did that influence <laughs> Carmack McCarthy's The Road? Uh, probably did. Yeah. yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't know much about The Road, but. So desolation has always loomed large in the minds of man. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. She turns and looks a moment in the glass, hardly aware of her departed lover. Her brain allows when half-formed thought to pass. Well, now that's done. I'm glad it's over. That uh, Yeah, this is a good, dark poem about the end of everything. Well, all good things must end, even this one magical hour. Wonderful, very special podcast. And the reason it's special is because of Ellen Ferguson and Jason Edla and Brian Benitez and Jameson Driscoll and Grace Hall and Kat Jackson and Jeff Jackson and all of you wonderful people out there. Uh, say, if I forgot you, then that's a good reason to send me an email. Hey, get out of Hey, Schaefer, you forgot me. Are you sure you really love me? And the answer, of course, is yes. You know, Captain Q from the Bay, every once in a while, will just text me like some kind of show appropriate thing. Nice. Good old Captain Q. Here's to you. Here's to the Hollies, whichever Hollies are listening. Among the many Hollies. Some Hollies are listening. At least one Holly has got to be listening. Well, poor choices. Sweet wine. Yeah, man. Problematic harvest that I've sown Won't take the time to put detergent to my uniform I'm just lazy, not defiant, I hope you know